It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. It's time to talk the team. FantasyPoints.com franchise-focused podcast series. Team 31 of 32 that we're discussing is the team, the Washington football team here. Uh, we are so excited to bring all these uh, podcasts and article series to you. And we believe me, we are more excited they're done. Uh, uh, Tom and I are wrapping up the podcast here. Uh, my name's Joe Dolan, by the way. He's Tom Brawley. And it's time to talk the defending NFC East champion, which is not that impressive an accomplishment. The Washington football team winning the worst division in football last year. But... Also, making some really intriguing upgrades as the team attempts to defend its title. Tom, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, You might have heard earlier today, we discussed the Tennessee Titans. We're trying to get all these podcasts and articles out before week one of the preseason when all the teams kick off. That'll be on Thursday night. Uh, So we will have all 32 teams done. And then, Tom, we're into into draft mode. We are firing into draft mode, getting our draft cram uh, together. Cheat sheets, projections, articles, all that crap is going to be up at FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you subscribe because uh, you do not want to lose your fantasy league. Tom, the Washington football team, eight and a half wins, minus 115 to the over, plus 200 to win the NFC East, plus 120 to make the playoffs, plus 2200 to win the NFC, and plus 5,000 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't know if you're leaning somewhere here. I haven't read your betting preview oh. yet, which will also be out today. But uh, seems like pretty fair lines across the board for a team that won a crappy division last year. But you can also make the argument has an elite defense and improved significantly on offense. Yeah, they were the only team, uh, you know, with a losing record to get into the playoffs last year. They they, they win the division there. Uh, they ha- actually had the second longest odds to make the postseason last year, uh, plus seven hundred, uh, plus seven hundred. Uh, only the Jaguars at plus 800 were a little bit longer last year. But, um, you know, the defense kind of did it all for them last year. Uh, you know, it was one of the uh, – not a unit that came out of nowhere because obviously they drafted, uh, you know, Chase Young second overall. They've, you know, put a lot of uh, resources into that defensive line with first-round picks over the last couple of years, and it, it kind of paid off. Young kind of put the group over the top, and – uh, it was kind of the catalyst for the entire defense, and now that defense looks even better after some of the offseason moves they made. They used the uh, their first-round pick on uh, Davis out of Kentucky there. Jamin, is it Jamin Davis? Uh, Jameen? Jameen Davis. J- Jamin Davis. Uh, let, you know what, let me, let me look that up because okay. I, I pride myself on making sure uh, I pronounce... Uh, yeah, I don't really pronounce many uh, defensive player names on uh, podcasts and live streams, but yes. It's Jamin. Jamin Davis. They uh, yes. drafted him in the first round. Uh, yeah, and they also, they needed to upgrade it in quarterback, and, and they got William Jackson the third from Cincinnati. Uh, you know, could be their, uh, kind of their shutdown corner for them. So, uh, so they, they made the two groups that were kind of the weakest on their defense. They, they improved those. And the big, I, I think the big move, um, you know, moving from Alex Smith, great story last year, uh, wins the comeback player of the year, but you know, it was one of the worst quarterback situations in the league and, uh, they were over to uh, able to overcome it and, uh, make the playoffs, but, uh, they, they go out and get the, uh, the journeyman, Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
uh, you know, he's going to be kind of handed the job here. They they haven't handed him the job. He's in a competition with Tyler Heineke, but um, he's fully expected to be the guy. And um, he's been a popular target for us for, for you know, uh, for fantasy football, you know, after 150 picks in. So, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick potentially could be a, a major upgrade on offense here. Uh, you know, could take this offense to a different level. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about that offense because that's well, that's kind of what we do in fantasy football. I think, I think, by the way, I'm not uh, stepping on anybody's toes here by telling you that I think uh, this will be a good defense to draft if you have defenses in your leagues. Oh, yeah. That's not a hot take at all. But Tom, let's talk uh, uh, one player in particular, and that's Antonio Gibson, who I just find is a super appealing second round pick. I'm not sure he he will slip in to that first round, you know. Because that 10 to 12 range in the first round always coincides, almost always overlaps with like, you know, 13 to 16 in the second round. It's just which players do you like best? Which build are you going for? But over, let's just call him a second round pick. I, I, I can make the argument he's my favorite second round running back at this point. Yeah, he was, uh, I, I loved it earlier in the spring and summer whenever, uh, you know, the hype wasn't nearly, uh, you know, nearly as fevered as it is now. Uh, you know, he was a guy I could routinely get like towards the back end of the second round, but those days are long gone. I, I feel like our guy, uh, you know, Adam Kaplan, you know, uh, our powwows. And he started building the momentum for uh, Antonio Gibson here. Um, you know, we talked all offseason that they didn't really, they didn't want to put too much on his plate as a, a first-year player. You know, it's well chronicled how, you know, he only had like 75 or 80 touches during his uh, career at Memphis in two seasons there. So uh, they didn't want to overwhelm him, but... He certainly passed every test that they gave him. The Flying Kellers last year as a running back. So now the the talk is uh, that they're going to put more on his plate. That he's going to get more, you know, passing down situations. He could play more in their hurry up offense. So you, you combine that with what he did as a runner and you know his success at the goal line last mm-hmm. year. Uh, you know the, the, the sky's the limit. Uh, you know JD McKissick. I don't think we're expecting to totally go away but if he can get into that uh you know 60 you know 65 plus percent of the snaps and uh you know be around uh, you know 18 to 20 touches a game uh the sky really is the limit for this guy he's he's yeah. as talented as any young back in the league right now and I mean look and you've got a good offensive line so that's going for you you have a team that is almost certainly going to be Tom even if it's not a quote unquote good team it's going to be competitive because you have that defense um I just think there's so much upside here when it comes to Antonio Gibson and another guy I've been drafting a ton of and I know this is going to make John Hansen happy um and Scott Barrett happy is Logan Thomas who has been kind of my guy my targeted guy if I miss out on a really early tight end like I've been almost in ways kind of ignoring the TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews tier. And uh, like, I'll, I'll take Thomas in the ninth, 10th round and I'll do that happily because you can back him up with somebody interesting, like an, uh, like an, an Adam Troutman or a John Smith, somebody on that lower end. Tom, I, I, I love drafting Logan Thomas. This year. Yeah. I've, I've jumped on the train here, especially, especially recently since training camp started. Uh, you know, we, we found out that, Aaron Rodgers is sticking in Green Bay. So the, the Denver situation with Noah Fan, you know, it's a crowded receiving core there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are the guys. So, uh, and, and then Dallas Goddard. I, I had a, a head of Logan Thomas earlier this summer. And now, 
you know, at least looks like Zach Ertz is, you know, probably going to be in the mix, at least for the first part of the season. Uh, we'll see if they move him before the trade deadline. But uh, so Logan Thomas is a guy I've elevated in my own personal rankings up to that uh, tight end seven range. And uh, I've I found that, you know, he, he's typically going off the board about 100 picks in. But, you know, he's a guy that can sometimes slip. I just uh, we we have a fa- fantasy points, uh, you know, league where we're giving out a bunch of prizes uh, with the NFFC guys, uh, you know, for our subscribers. And, um, like, you know, I got him like 115 picks into a draft in that league. So, uh, he's a guy that's very affordable, uh, getting an upgrade at quarterback here. I, I guess the one concern is that, you know, they do bring in Curtis Samuel, mm-hmm. uh, who's a viable second wide receiver, uh, who could take away some targets. But, uh, I guess the hope is that, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, his targets are coming farther down the field. Uh, you know, he has more upside with his targets. So, uh, you know, a little bit of trade-off for the target share with, you know, uh, you know, higher, you know, uh, you know, better targets coming his way. So uh, I'm with you. Logan Thomas is a guy that's been uh, rising in my own draft boards. You know, a lot of guys are interesting on this team. Terry McLaurin. Uh, Curtis Samuel, though, has been out with, uh, I think he was on COVID and he's been dinged up. So that's one to watch as well. But also just another reason to kind of throw some support behind Logan Thomas, who has been consistently going after Curtis Samuel in drafts, Tom, but is healthy and uh, is building rapport with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, By the way, just, just on Fitzpatrick, I do like him for fantasy this year. Like, I wouldn't call it a 100% guarantee he starts every game this year, Tom. If things oh, go no. if things go wayward, Taylor Heineke is going to get a shot here. Now, look, Fitzpatrick's the quarterback one. Um, there has been no grounds, no, no drumbeat at all that this is a legitimate competition at all. But Taylor Heineke um, uh, is somebody who will play if things do go sideways for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I, I've actually read stuff where Heineke is kind of struggling in camp right now. Um, you know, he, he, he's more of a second reaction type of player. And, uh, you know, it's very regimented at camp, you know, get it out of the ball, you know, get the ball out of your hands quick in, in the pocket. So, uh, I've heard he hasn't had the best camp, but, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, you know, he's going to get many chances here. Uh, I think they realize that he's their best chance of success here. And, uh, he, he gives them that higher seal. They're, they're, they're looking to advance past the wild card man. They're, they're looking to actually, uh, be contenders and they have a lot of the pieces to do it as we said with the defense uh, and they have one of the more intriguing you know kind of uh, you know skill groups that's kind of been hindered here um, you know with the quarterback play that they had last year you know Terry McLaurin uh, he's a guy that you know I've been I'm gonna have a lot of Terry McLaurin I'm probably in the 25 yeah. percent range here in terms of uh, like you said, Joe, because we we've been drafting uh, in the last podcast, we were talking about how we've been drafting in the middle of the first round there, and a lot of times McLaurin's kind of sitting there when I come back in the third round. So he's he's going to be on a lot of my teams, but he's a guy that could really take a step forward here with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, throwing passes downfield here. So uh, you know, it's reasons to be pretty optimistic about this entire group taking a big step forward, going from a you know pretty low end quarterback play. To even just average quarterback play—that's all we're—that's all we're asking for from Brian Fitzpatrick. That could really unlock the ceilings for uh, a lot of these fantasy players in in Washington. For the last time, we talk about the team on the franchise book. Because I guess next year, Tom, the team yeah. is going to have a name. Um, 
it, it appears it will not be the team anymore. But uh, the team is going to try to defend its title as NFC East champions. Better shot to do that with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Thank you for talking team with us here on the Franchise Focus podcast. We'll be back to wrap up the entire series tomorrow with the one everybody's been waiting for. I mean, this, this is like oh, Zeppelin. They've been clamoring for it, Joe. Uh, Tom, Tom, this is like Zeppelin closing out their main set and coming back and playing uh, a stairway in the encore. People are going to bet. Our servers are going to crash with our Houston Texans breakdown. That's why we saved it for last. We knew that's the one everybody was clamoring for. So we're going to talk Houston Texans tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. And we will discuss the Texans. Well, whenever you decide to listen to that, God bless you if you do. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.